0: Our first reading comes from the Old Testament book of Psalms, Psalm 112, verses 1 to 9. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure, they will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. And our second reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. And may God bless to us this reading from his holy word. A pinch of salt, a glimmer of light, little things like a lost coin, a sheep or a handful of disciples, I find it amazing that Jesus had a way of taking what seemed like the small and the ordinary and using them to remind us of our ability and our call to influence and transform the world. So when it comes to a word like salt, I wonder what you think of. Do you think low salt and salt-free foods? Or do you think salted peanuts and ready salted crisps? I wonder if you get annoyed when you've cooked a meal and the first thing someone does, even before tasting it, is add more salt. Or perhaps you think of the old superstition. If you spill salt, you should pick up a pinch with your right hand and throw it over your left shoulder, supposedly to keep the devil at bay. Or maybe it's just something in the cupboard. Today, salt can be bought quite cheaply at any local shop. But in the ancient world, salt was an expensive and much prized commodity. It was often used instead of currency. It's said that Roman soldiers used to receive part of their pay in salt and that that's where the expression being worth one's salt comes from. It was crucial for preserving food in a time when there was no such thing as a fridge. It was used as a fertiliser, making the land more productive and fruitful by subtly changing its character. It was a disinfectant and used to clean wounds, helping the healing process. It was used in ceremonial offerings by the Jewish people. And salt was also used to ratify covenants, to formally recognise solemn contracts between God and his people Israel. In the book of Numbers we hear it is an everlasting covenant of salt before the Lord for both you and your offspring. Why salt? Well, because it spoke of purity and permanence, because pure salt did not deteriorate. So for Jesus' listeners, salt was what it is for us. seasoning, but it was also an awful lot more. When Jesus spoke those words, you are the salt of the earth, the people listening knew exactly what he meant. God had called Israel to be the salt of the earth, subtly changing the world around them by their presence, but somehow Israel was becoming like the communities around them. They were forgetting about God, pushing him to the edge of their lives and focusing instead on power struggles and internal internal political fights. How could God keep the world from going bad if Israel, his salt in the world, had lost its distinctive function to heal, to change, to purify the world? God had also called Israel to be light to the world. Isaiah 49 verse 6 says, It is far too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. God says, my world is dark. My people are confused. They hide, they're scared, they cry out for help. I want you to be light. I want you to share the truth about knowing me. But I want you to be light, not just for my people Israel, but for the Gentiles, which means for the whole world. You are blessed so that you can be a blessing to others. This was God's vision for Israel. This was his covenant of salt, his covenant of light. The Israelites were the people through whom God intended to shine his bright light into the dark corners of people's lives. Not simply to show evil in the world, but also to help people who were living in darkness and dread to find their way to him. But the light bearers had forgotten their role, and they were lost in the darkness too. You see, there were in Jesus' time different people, four main factions, if you will, who had gathered round their own visions for Israel. And it has to be said that each of them tended to be at odds with God's vision for the world. I like how someone condensed these. There were the Roman occupiers, who said, We are Rome, we are the world, and we are fine, thank you very much. And the Zealots, who hated Rome and weren't adverse to violence, well, they thought that Israel was created by God to rule the earth, and they said, We exist to rule the world. Then there were the Sadducees many of whom were priests and collaborated with Rome in order to get power, which enabled them to rule temple life and therefore community life. And they said, power is important. We ought to be like the world. And the Pharisees who said, why don't we isolate ourselves from everybody who doesn't obey the religious law, from Israelites who aren't religious enough, from all the Gentiles who are never going to be religious enough. Yes, let's isolate ourselves from the world. And nobody, absolutely nobody, was talking about blessing the world. And it was into the middle of this situation that Jesus came. He stands on the side of the hill and reminds the people that they are blessed. Blessed are you who know God and God knows you. You are blessed to be a blessing. Because you are blessed, you are the salt of the earth. So permeate the world, heal the world. Because you are blessed, you are the light of the world. So shine into the dark corners of people's lives. Chase away the darkness. Help people to see their way back to me. Notice that Jesus does not tell his followers how to be salt and light. He simply says, you are salt. You are the light. Salt is valuable. It seasons. It heals. Light shines. It chases away the darkness. But both salt and light work best when they, and we, are subtle, unobtrusive, but present in an enriching, enhancing, transforming way. So as we think on these things and what they might mean for us, I want to close where we began with Jesus' words, this time in a different translation, so that we can reflect on what else we might hear in his message. So once again, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 to 20. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavours of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a lampstand. Now that I've put you there, on a hilltop, on a lampstand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Let us pray. Blessing. And honour and glory be to you, our Lord and our God. Today we pray to you for those this day who have no light in their lives. Loneliness, failure, poverty, injustice, evil have dimmed or extinguished your light. We lift them before you and ask that they catch a glimpse of your life-giving light. We pray this day for those who have no sense of the value of their own lives. People betrayed by those they thought they could trust. Failed by the system, abused by others, bought and sold as slaves, used as the pawns of the rich and the powerful, thrown on the scrap heap of life. We lift them before you and ask that they recognise their worth in your eyes. We pray for those who have no experience of love, no means by which they can be aware of or measure love, men and women who are not accepted, whose past actions cause them to be rejected, whose lives have been hardened by the brutality of life. We lift them before you and ask that they see your love for them reflected in our words and actions. And may our words and actions draw attention to you, to the richness you bring to all life and the abundance of love you so want to share. Help us to bring light into all the dark places of life spreading hope for a better world. Help us to be salt, scattering your love, so that it permeates your world, that all your children will know themselves loved and valued. Amen. And we close with a blessing. As we go into this day, Know the blessing of the Lord God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit in your lives this day and always. Know that you are blessed and so become a blessing to others. Amen.